0: Welcome to the Smith & Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. Welcome to the Smith & Rowland Show. You will notice by the low tone of my voice that I am the one that normally stays composed and quite eloquent, I might add. On the other hand, the second member of this team, Alan Smith, if you'll listen to yesterday's podcast, you'll realize (laughs) he's the one who is always ranting and blowing things (laughs) way up and becoming passionate, and almost making the mistake of preaching, I mean, which we know in today's world cannot be accepted. But the Smith & Roland what, Show is here to offer truth today. Now our truth teller and our passionate preacher, Mr. Alan Smith. Take it away, Alan.
1: Well, well, I'd like to take it away. Take it somewhere. I'll tell you that right now. I'm just trying to get over yesterday, and you ain't let let me get over it. I don't that was know so what, good. This I do so know what good. Your, problem is we've it's a shame all of our stats has went out the roof
0: yeah since we right.
1: told the truth there yesterday that's and right. not stats mean anything but we do know people's listening on the mike bickle situation yeah. i need, need to look at that podcast or listen to it i should have said that's the right. title of it is mike bickle man approved by god
0: uh-huh now yeah.
1: before you even get into the podcast people didn't like our title yeah. Yeah, it did offend
0: some people. There's no doubt that it offended some people. People didn't
1: like her title, Jeff.
0: Yeah, they didn't like her You know, I had a conversation with some people who didn't like the title because of the theme. And I don't know if you had conversations with anybody that didn't like it or not, but I know I did. And here's the thing about that, I stick to it. Mike Bickle, man approved of God. Let me just say this in another way. Jeff Rowland, man approved by God.
1: Yep. Well, I did talk to God about the Jeff Rowland one and had a conversation as a mm. and as I did have a conversation, <laughs>
0: yeah. the
1: only thing I can tell you, even though he hesitated in the response, I have to take the heaviest hesitation <laughs> as he was a thinking it over, but you know, you got interpreted. <laughs> so the Lord had to that, did he? He yeah, pondered, but Hell. you did come through approved, but. Not before I
0: vouch uh, for
1: you. I vouch for yeah, you. Yeah, and then that that's right, pushed it all that right. over that's where exactly you're, right. you're, you're now approved. So uh,
0: that's right. Yeah. I said uh, that's you know. Exactly. So there you go. You know what comes to my <laughs> mind just talking about that? And then we'll get on with things. But here's what comes to my mind it's what Alistair Big. That clip we used several weeks ago where he talked about the thief on the cross when he got to heaven. They asked him, you know, why are you here? And he said, he really didn't know. And he said, well, what's your belief on justification by faith? And he said, never heard of it. And then he, so they said, "Well, what's your doctrine of Scripture?" He said, "I have no clue." And so they asked him, "Well, what basis are you here?" And he said, "The man on the middle cross told me I could come, and that's what approves us of God." Somebody say Amen to that hey, right man. there. Yeah, it's that fellow
1: on the middle cross said we could come. Yeah.
0: He said we could come. And for that's some
1: it. reason, people say they believe that, but yeah. then in conversation, their actions is like they don't believe that.
0: Yeah, it is just a disconnect of understanding the Bible. And Alan, that's a growing passion in my heart that, you know, I'm going to, after the first of the year, I'm going to do some teaching somewhere somewhere. To capture on just understanding some simplicities of scripture.
1: I'll Uh, I'll give you my notes after the podcast, (laughs) but go ahead.
0: And I can use those notes to scribble mine on so that I can (laughs) do it in the right way. And I will. I appreciate the use of the paper. But really, honestly, but honestly, I am going to do that. I don't know where I'm going to do it at. I may just do it at my house. I don't know, but I'm going to do a teaching on just some simple principles that are hermeneutically sound to understand scripture because, Alan, there is a disconnect between what we preach and what people are walking in. And you know that. It's a problem. Well,
1: people, for the most part, when we give the gospel, come as you are. Our deal is come as you are, but you won't be able to stay that way. That's our message.
0: No, you're never going to be able to stay. No. But
1: come as you are. But yet, nobody will extend that to others, especially other Christians. And I don't know. To me, the, the whole idea of our walk with Christ is not that we fall. But I think the big sin is if you don't get back up. Because it's the getting back up from a fall that proves we're trusting Christ. For our very existence. The only way oh, yes, we, any sir. of us, yeah. can get up from mm-hmm. falling in sin or in life is because of this awesome message of the gospel of Christ. You yes, and I sir. do not promote sin but we do promote the grace of god because we it? realize that we're in a sinful world we're in a sin sick <sighs> world and we're all trying to carry a pure perfect gospel and i think we need to improve on it and do better you know
0: the thing that i know alan is i would rather walk with somebody <laughs> that has fallen and acknowledged that they have fallen and got back up than someone who's never acknowledged that they have Any fallen to
1: start. day of um, the week th-
0: that's right my, and my I also say that the same jesus it took all of jesus and none of me to get saved and it still takes all of jesus and none of me to walk through life you know that's the way about
1: I, a few hours after our podcast yesterday jeff well probably our podcast came out I think it came out about four o'clock yesterday evening, even mm-hmm. though we're actually doing them in the mornings, then they got to mm-hmm. go through the headed room and, uh, and then mm-hmm. go out. But right about the same time, or I think our podcast might have came out 45 minutes before Mike Bickle's letter. Mike Bickle did have a letter mm-hmm. saying that he had a failure 20, 25 years ago. Yep. And that failure had been repented printed of to everybody involved forgiveness for everybody. And within that circle of the failure, he repented and he was right before God. Yeah. And in my, in your conversation yesterday, that was our conversation that it's evident that Mike Bickle had to have been right before God right. when he launched that prayer movement. That was the Absolutely. whole discussion of yesterday's podcast. Absolutely. And we'll not, we'll not redo it, but that was our whole point that he had to have been right with God for God to have used him. One thing about it is Mike had a podcast on a podcast. It was a thing there at the church, Jeff. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that thing at the church, I'm trying to go in here to find it. He had a message, Jeff, Mike Bickle did. And uh, he had a message here, Jeff. The title of it is The Seriousness. And if you want to see it on YouTube, the title of the podcast or or the video is The Seriousness of the War in Israel by Mike Bickle and Isaac Bennett. That's the seriousness of the war in Israel by Mike Bickle and Isaac Bennett. I encourage everybody to watch that. That must have been maybe, what, a few weeks, two, three, four weeks before the scandal broke. I don't know how. It, it couldn't have been too too much. but Well, it couldn't have been
0: too much, but it was after the October 7th terrorist attack against Israel and the start of the war. It was after yeah. that and then before everything came out You know, as far as the scandal's concerned.
1: Well, I want to pick up on his video there, Jeff, of Bickle's on talking about... See, it was a different take on his prayer. Bickle said that their prayer was to provoke the Jews. In other words, the prayer for Israel was that they were to (laughs) be provoked unto seeing Jesus as their Messiah. Now, yeah. in other words, we both know that Israel the Israeli government and people that, that are there now, there's very few believers in the government, I guess you could say, of Israel today. And uh-huh. so but we know that in Romans eleven eleven it says uh, did they stumble in order that they might fall? Yeah. And you and I know that in this Romans 11:11 11, 11, the Apostle Paul he's trying to explain why Israel does not believe that Jesus is the Messiah and yeah. he says God forbid but rather through their fall what is their fall? Their fall is their failure to receive Jesus as the Savior or as the Messiah, I should say, of Israel. But rather mm-hmm. through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. So the Gentiles being born again, brought into the gospel, that very fact is to provoke them to jealousy. And that's what Bickle is yes. talking about Still. in the prayer movement. Paul goes on to say, now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them, the diminishing, that means going down, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. So he goes on to say this. Now listen, for I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office, if by any means, here it is, I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, he said, he was a Jew too. Mm-hmm. Yep. It might save some of them. So yep. we know that the Gentiles are to be provoking Israel, and now Israel's back in a, as a nation. If we've ever tried to provoke Israel, it's now that right. Jesus is their Messiah. <laughs> and that's what right. Rickel was speaking about in this prayer movement. I thought yep. it's an incredible video. Everybody needs to watch it.
0: I have thoughts on that very... Concept, and we've discussed this a long time ago, Alan, and I believe this. We've said for a long time, we need to make distinctions where God makes a difference. And Mm -hmm. where God makes distinctions, we need to make a difference. And I believe that we need to rightly divide according to the times we're living in. That's right. And so I'm going to say something. This is going to be extremely controversial. But because the Jews require a sign since 1948, I would say that signs and wonders have been released at new levels since 1948, and it has a dual effect. From the dark side, the effect is to prepare folks for the Antichrist. From the kingdom exactly. side, it is to provoke the nation of Israel to the Lord Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. So there are signs and wonders going on on both sides, mm-hmm. and they're very right. real. It's the spiritual world invading the earthly realm. It's eternity invading time. I talked a little bit about that last night, but there's truth there that I think we need to capture. When Mike Bickle was talking in that message about provoking Israel and the prayer movement, they brought up a concept that I don't think that we talk enough about, that when we're praying about something, we are actually stirring up conflict. But it's conflict for the right reason. It's like when Daniel started praying, he stirred up conflict in the heavenlies to the point that Michael, the archangel, had to come down and do battle against the principality over that region. So it stirred conflict. In other words, it brought war before peace could come. And that was the big takeaway for me out of that message that Mike Bickle and Isaac Bennett brought is that when we're praying, it's going to begin to stir conflict so that the peace of God can rule, there has to be war and conflict before peace can come. And I don't think we talk about that enough in our individual lives.
1: No, I don't think so either, Jeff. And for some reason, we feel like that war is a bad thing. It's yeah. not neither good nor bad, just necessary sometimes.
0: That's right. And the
1: Bible tells us right. we war with the flesh.
0: Yeah, there you go. Well, that's that's a
1: good war. That's a good thing. And it is a conflict and it is a battle. And a religious spirit will influence you that you're supposed to walk around in total peace, never having a hiccup in life, yeah. never having a battle in life. You just walk around yeah. like a monk somewhere from India or Bangladesh or somewhere. You walk around like a monk, kind of humming everything, and yeah. and that you're all at peace. When the Bible tells us we're going to be in a conflict. And so to me, to, and I know a lot of people like to avoid conflict, and Some people are very passive in their life to avoid conflict. I don't like conflict, but at the same time, conflict is what sometimes it takes to change the course of where you're going, family's going, a company's going, a country's going. Sometimes the conflict is the only thing you take a tugboat, has to bump a big ship In the ocean, just to change its direction, is coming into conflict with a little irritant called a tugboat, and it bumps it and bumps it and bumps it. So to change direction, sometimes the size of the war tends to match, the size of the conflict tends to match how big something needs to turn, Jeff, just like with Israel and Hamas. They've got to turn that puppy. Yeah, I don't care if anybody right. likes it or not, but that thing's got to turn. So the magnitude of the war is equal unto how much it needs to be turned.
0: That's right. You know, Alan, I used to hear people say all the time, you'd say, you know, this was a common phrase used back home when I was a kid growing up. I'd hear them say, how you doing today? And they'd respond, oh, I'm just shouting the victory. I always wanted to say, well, what, what'd you have victory over? What was the battle? I mean, you can't shout the victory if there's not a war.
1: That's, got, true. That's you, right.
0: You, you know, if you're going to have victory, then you got to have victory over something. You know, there's some people that shout the victory because they've never been to war. Well, I'll be honest with you. If you've never been to war, I'm not so sure I want to go to war with you. If you're that inexperienced, you know, seasoned right. in warfare is not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And it's a qualifier. So, yeah, I do believe that the prayer movement that was started that Mike Bickle talked about, you know, months prior to the war, those five million soldiers brought about a spiritual conflict in the heavenlies, and it is provoking Israel to jealousy. There is no doubt that's happening. I agree with Bickle, and you know, he said something from a, an interpretive point of view that I also brought out a, as a takeaway from that message that I heard him preach. And here's what he said. And I think you'll it'll jar you a little bit and we can provoke us to some deeper discussions in Scripture. But Bickle said that this war that's going on right now is the war that's going to introduce counterfeit peace. And Mm -hmm. that counterfeit peace that we know of, Alan, comes from the Antichrist. Right. So he is convinced that this is the great World War Three that both God gathers the nations to out of Zechariah, and Satan gathers the nations too out of Revelation at the end of the age. I'm yeah, in total yeah. agreement with that. I do believe mm-hmm. that this is that war. We may I see delays too, in it, but this is that war. And so there's never been a more important time strategically for the people of God to respond correctly and than man now. the battle lines than now. That's exactly yeah. right.
1: Jeff, let me read to you a little let's excerpt here. Bickle had this prayer movement, what, a few months ago, back, back in May, wasn't it?
0: Started in April, actually, I believe.
1: April, okay. And
0: yeah, that's and when it first for, started.
1: Yeah. Okay, for Israel, it was what twenty-one day prayer for Israel, I think it was twenty-one days. Is here it is, May seventh through the twenty-eighth. So, but here's out of the out of the play. It's a six-page playbook. If you're going to be part of this prayer, and I just want you to listen to this. This is under number. This is letter B. We pray that the Lord will raise up one hundred million intercessors for Israel. I forget how many is in Israel, Jeff. Is it like 20 million? Where did I hear that? I'm
0: not sure of the population there, Alan. Okay,
1: 20 million comes to my mind, but that's... We pray that the Lord will raise up 100 million intercessors. I mean, if there is 20, that'd be five intercessors for everybody there. Wow. I like that intercession yeah, for boy. Israel. God promised to appoint those who will not be silent until Jesus returns. This speaks directly of those who would be born in the generation that he returns. You see, Bickle's on to something there, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. These intercessors will remind the Lord of his promises for Jerusalem as prophetically declared in many places throughout the Old Testament. Now, he cites here Isaiah 62. Verses six through seven, on your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen all day and all night. They will never keep silent. You will remind the Lord, it says, of his promises. Take no rest for yourself and give him no rest until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth, in which that occurs, you know, at the second coming of Christ. So we can see here that this is out of their playbook of what about this intercessory prayer for jerusalem and that israel would be provoked into jealousy
0: i think that that playbook needs to be adopted by every church in america isn't that the um, truth it needs to be adopted by every church in america every believing saint needs to adopt that and let me tell you i comment on this if you will But praying in that term and those terms for Israel, would that not be in agreement with the final prayer of the Bible that says, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. I think that that would be in agreement with that last prayer of the Bible, because that's what we're actually seeing take place is uh, the hastening of the coming of Christ. And I'm going to tell Bickle, you buddy. I'm excited about that part.
1: I am too. Bickle also cites Zechariah chapter 8, verses 2 through 3, that says, yep. Thus says the Lord, I am zealous for Zion with mm-hmm. great zeal. Now watch mm-hmm. this, Jeff. I will return to Zion mm-hmm. and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth. There you the go. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob wow jerusalem it says this is matthew 5 3 is the city of the great king yeah so and this soon is to be out of the, the capital of the
0: world yeah buddy that's right soon, that's right. Soon to be the capital of the world if we can grab a hold of that and i mean you know if you read the totality of the word where you arrive at is that since 1948 the lord has been preparing the ground the nation and the people for the coming of Christ That's and right. the Davidic covenant being fulfilled in that Jesus Christ would rule from the capital city of the world, the city of Jerusalem. And so mm-hmm. praying for the peace of Jerusalem is bringing conflict In order to clean it out for the coming of Christ, to prepare the way for the coming of Christ.
1: This is what you said there is the next scripture in the playbook, which is Psalm 122, Mm -hmm. 6 through 9. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now listen to this one. May they prosper who love you. Now, yeah, behold. I heard yesterday, Jeff, that Biden is now starting to turn against Israel. As of yesterday, I'm not sure. I haven't read anything about it yet. I had a person text me and said, Alan, Biden's doing it, and he's turned against Israel. I have not followed up that text, but yep. it concerns me because here the word of God says, may they prosper who love you. Yes. I will now say, peace be within you because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. Rejoice with Jerusalem. This is Isaiah 66, Jeff, which you preach all the time. Yep. Rejoice with Jerusalem, all you who love her. Rejoice with her, all you who mourn for her, that you may drink deeply and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. It goes on to say this in Luke as a comparison. Given uh-huh. it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you. So this yep. is in light of, he's making a comparison in this playbook, On the reason that it's good to support Israel, to love Israel as God has
0: loved Israel. Yes, absolutely. Dating all the way back to the Abrahamic covenant, by the way. And can I say that there is confusion in Congress? And what's one of the things that's happening is they're trying to tie our aid to Israel with our aid to the Ukraine. They're making no wow. difference or distinction between the two. And that's being battled in our Congress. Many on the, on the conservative side is saying, no, we need to separate the two. And let's discuss aid to Israel. And then let's discuss aid to Ukraine as something separate. I the tried. Biden administration is trying to tie them both together. And he's mm-hmm. also talking about moderation that Israel should use in this war. And he's talking about how that Israel needs to, you know, he's constantly pursuing a ceasefire. Well, there can be no ceasefire when you're being targeted (laughs) by terrorist units on all of your borders from the north and the south. If we were being attacked by Mexico and Canada, we wouldn't be hollering ceasefire.
1: Well, you're talking to the wrong one to ceasefire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he talked to Mexico or Canada.
0: It's That's exactly right. I mean, so nobody's hollering for Hamas to ceasefire. They're hollering for Israel to ceasefire. And that's it's just insane. It's ludicrous. So, in well, terms Jeff- of that, he has turned against Israel.
1: If you say that about Hamas, as people are doing, and they're saying how badly they're being treated and this sort of stuff. If they're doing that, you're telling me that you're an enemy against Israel. That's right. The only thing I can tell you is the Bible says is that you will be blessed and you'll be prospered when you are. your heart is for Israel for its peace. We do have wish for peace for Israel, but we want real peace, not fake peace, and we know that. True peace won't come until Jesus is sitting over there ruling and reigning.
0: Right. But we're still instructed to pray.
1: We're still instructed to pray. And this is what Bickle was doing, Jeff. This is, again, out of their playbook. Here's, let me cite another. It's labeled E in their playbook here. Prophecies concerning Israel and the nations often have two fulfillments. I thought this was an interesting take. First, a partial fulfillment in history. Second, a complete fulfillment at the end of this
0: age. Absolutely. Positively. Listen. Good. Good. That's exactly right. That goes right with when God speaks the truth, it's immediate. It's operational Uh right then. All the way until it's fulfillment. And, Uh Alan, you know, I was thinking about this last night. I don't want us to get off topic. So, Kurt, you slap me after it's over. Go for it. But, you know, Jesus said when he was talking about Lazarus, and he said, roll back the stone. And they said, well, he's already dead. And and this, that, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said that. Now, watch this. That means His resurrection power in the spiritual world was already activated before he ever died. That's right. So it tells us that in spiritual form, everything that we see in the word of God is already operational and active and is moving right now. And there will be a literal fulfillment. And when that literal fulfillment takes place, then we'll know Jesus setting on the throne in jerusalem but that's literally right. going to happen in the, in the spirit world the spirit of that is already released yeah same way with the spirit of the antichrist already being released there'll be a literal fulfillment <laughs> of that in the person of the antichrist but we're dealing with the spirit of that even now you can follow that same pattern all the way through the scriptures all the way through the scriptures.
1: I think I can say something, Jeff, for the Smith & Roland show here. Israel is our friend.
0: Israel is our friend. We've said it, and right yeah, there. That just That's settles
1: right. it. Israel is our friend. That's I noticed right. here in this uh, document for this prayer, it comes under section 2A, prayer number one. It gives illustration of how what to pray. In prayer number one, God instructs the priest on how to bless Israel. Verse 23, Numbers 23, uh, 6, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, here's where this comes from, Jeff. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give you peace. Wow. That is number six. Isn't that beautiful? 23 through 26. I just thought that was the right one to end our podcast today. That's right. Yes, it is. Yes,
0: it
1: is. is that we want to speak a blessing of this (laughs) biblical proportions. And we believe that what Bickle did and God used him in in this prayer movement, was of biblical proportions, as we said yes, yesterday. And so I want to speak this blessing over Israel. Plus, I want to speak it including Mike Bickle and IHOP yes. House of Prayer. Absolutely. The Lord bless you and keep you. Wow. The Lord make his face shine upon you hmm. and be graces to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Yes, In Lord. Jesus' name, amen Amen. And amen. amen. All hey man, right, Mr. Else, Rolland, listen, good. this is, we're probably going to have to do three or four. I don't know. This is, will be titled uh, today, Mike Bickle, Man Approved by God, number two. Yes, So uh, we'll pick it up here again right. tomorrow. And uh, this good. week's unplugs will probably be dedicated to what God, everybody wants to tear down. Our podcast is to show what God is doing to build up yes. through the house of prayer, through Mike Bickle. Yes. And we're not going to sit around cursing and talk about everybody's failures we feel called to show and to raise a banner for those things that were being accomplished before the enemy tried. we well, you got to ask yourself the question people why is the enemy trying to tear this whole thing up and tear it down yeah. listen the enemy doesn't come against us necessarily with lies he'll come against us with enough truth to that's, hang us. that's
0: right but let me yeah.
1: tell you something there's a day after a hanging yeah there's, there's a, a day resurrection. after
0: <laughs> and, smith and, roland, and
1: smith and roland joe is already declaring the resurrection yeah, of mike bickle and i that's right. that's to, right god's yeah. going to raise it to a higher level than it was ever before the scandal
0: that's right and he can't and we, any individual that'll trust the lord he can't any individual life.
1: that's yeah. right and yeah. that's just we're going to stick to it how about you roland
0: yeah. absolutely yeah, that's my only uh,
1: hope. That's my only hope. All right, buddy. We'll pick up part three. Sounds good. We'll, we'll pick up part three tomorrow. Okay, buddy. Keep All that right, truck buddy. between the white lines and bring it All back there. in here safely. Okay. Right. Bye-bye.
0: No. Thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowland Show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrowlandshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple or Spotify.